Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a February 27th Monday edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia-Gunderson, a writer for BlazersEdge.com, sometimes at the Associated Press, also former Blazer beat writer at the Vancouver Columbian. Welcome back to the show. The Blazers were back on the court on Sunday afternoon in Toronto facing the Raptors, who are still dealing with with the absence of Kyle Lowry, their best player. However, for the second straight game, uh, without, without without Lowry, Lowry get a victory over the Portland Trailblazers. The Blazers lose to the Raptors 112-106 in Toronto, despite a, you know another good game from Damian Lillard, who... Uh, at least from shooting the ball from the field, uh, has been much more efficient uh, after the All-Star break in these first two games after the All-Star break than he was in the six weeks, you know, to almost two months for a while there where his three-point shot had struggled and his his scoring around the rim had struggled, etc. He had 28 points in this one, eight assists as well, six rebounds, two steals, did have four turnovers, but he was four of seven from three and ten of twenty from the field. Uh, that was accompanied by kind of a rare, inefficient shooting game from CJ McCollum. McCollum was six of nineteen from the field for the Blazers, only one assist. The Blazers didn't have, you know, they had sixteen assists after having twenty against Orlando, which probably just they didn't. They just didn't have as easy of a time uh, getting getting open shots for each other, and uh, the the Blazers knocked down their the little three pointers that they did get. They were nine of twenty one, but Toronto managed to limit the three point attempts of the Blazers, and really this game was played. There, there was a lot of stretching out of the defenses. I mean, there there was a lot of switching out. Lots of space in the middle for guys to drive in. It was a, a fun game to watch, I think, in terms of the style of play of both teams. But uh, ultimately, the Blazers were just not able to get enough stops down the stretch of this one. They were close. Uh, they, they were really within, I think they were within two points down the fourth quarter, like 96 to 98, something like that. And, and they just 
it kept going, but and the the Raptors just had too many too many answers down the stretch in the fourth quarter. Sergi Baca posting up and taking advantage of mismatches <laughs> that that was something the Blazers really couldn't stop and uh it, it's weird to say that they couldn't stop Serge Ibaka but that was the guy uh who really helped create some separation for the Raptors down the stretch of this one after the the Blazers got it to within two it was a Nurkic kind of quick spin move in the lane off of the catch it was a really nice move but it was an and one if he makes it then they're only down one he missed the free throw and, and something we're learning quickly with Nurkic which all you have to do is just look at his basketball reference page to understand that he's a bad free throw shooter and not going to say that it changes the whole complexion of the game if he makes that free throw but it it definitely makes things a little bit tighter and it makes that Ibaka jumper on the other end not uh, making it a two-possession game and it's that you get a one-possession game and you're playing with just slightly different math. And so, uh, you know, who's who's to say that that, that free throw uh, really changed the game? I think Portland also had another opportunity. They were down, I think, by... I think they were down by three with about a minute left, or down by four, I think. Down by four with a minute left. McCollum has an opportunity, kind of semi-transition opportunity, drives the lane, gets a good look, but it just bounces off the it bounces off the wrong side of the rim, doesn't doesn't get that nice bounce that he needed to get the ball in the hoop, and and the Blazers just weren't able to 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 make enough shots down the stretch but they they played pretty well for the most part in this one the Raptors as I said don't have Kyle Lowry but with the 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 additions that they've made to their roster they are 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 still a really good team they added Serge Ibaka at the trade deadline they also added PJ Tucker from the Phoenix Suns and so now you have two other guys in there in Tucker and Ibaka. Ibaka has a ton of experience in the playoffs, obviously with Oklahoma City, and has just been through a lot of uh, of those. But he's also been on the Spanish national team. I mean, the guy the guy's super super experienced and uh, show showing a lot more offensive game uh, lately or lately just in these last couple of games with the Raptors than I think we we thought he had in him in Oklahoma City or at least that he was allowed to show in Oklahoma City with with Westbrook and Durant really just getting most of the shots and and PJ Tucker is a veteran he's not doesn't have the playoff experience but he's a guy that is just a bulldog that will is just not a fun guy to go against if you're an offensive player and he he didn't have a lot of great numbers statistically, but he was out there during crunch time. A guy that is just a no, just a bulldog. Like I said, I mean, he he crashes the offensive glass. He bothers you and is physical defensively. He can play a little bit of power forward because he's so strong, even though he's not the tallest guy. So, yeah, having having two other players now that you have to deal with makes it a lot easier to transition your point guard spots to Corey Joseph, who is pretty good, and 
then Delon Wright and Norman Powell, who are both young guys. Norman Powell, if you watched the playoffs last year, uh, he made a pretty nice name for himself in the playoffs after not playing much in the regular season. So he's he's also a pretty good player, and he had a decent game as well. Three of six from the field, eight points. And, and actually, a lot of the guys on the Raptors bench, it should be said, um, had had efficient games. DeLon Wright was five of nine from the field. He had 11 points. And and Patrick Patterson uh, playing a little bit less now with Sergi Baca in the lineup. But now that you have him on your second unit, even those moments that now you have Serge Ibaka playing his minutes, now you have Patterson playing the minutes that he basically wasn't playing before uh, before Ibaka got there. So the, the 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 Raptors, I like those Raptors moves right now. And uh, just a, a quick aside before we get into it, too much deeper into the Blazers, I, this Toronto team, if Kyle Lowry can be healthy, then then that's this is going to be the team that definitely challenges Cleveland. I think they struggled. After a really hot start, and and I think they're they're gonna get these personnel moves that they've made at the deadline, definitely put them uh, at number two in the East for me. So uh, not a bad loss, even though they were shorthanded. The Blazers, of course, they they lost this one, one twelve, one oh six. I talked briefly about the games that CJ and Dame had. Uh, some other notes on this game for the Blazers. Noah Vonley continued to get the start, even though Al Farouk Aminu was healthy and back for the Blazers. So Aminu uh, is back. It, it's That's a great sign that his knee injury is not serious, that it's not something that's going to keep him out for an extended period, and definitely not something, or at least with him playing, it's not also going to be something that is going to need to get dealt with, uh, with, with surgery or something like that. So, uh, on that front, it was a good, good, good news that Aminu played. He played 29 minutes. He had 13 points, eight rebounds, two assists. He was one of three from three, uh, got to the line six times, which was, uh, pretty good as well. Of course, Aminu came in off the bench which I think is, I'm going to assume that this is going to be how it's going to be for the duration of the season. Because it seems like to me that that the Vonley move is just trying to to make, make some use of this season in terms of a development perspective, because going full bore for the eighth seed, and and going about that by trying to play all of your best players all the time could basically the, the decision would be playing Ed Davis over Noah Vonley for these last however many games and you know what you have in Ed Davis and you know that he's a more productive player but do you really want to as a team try really, really hard for that eight seed and be playing your best players all the time when you have an opportunity to get some development minutes for someone. And so I think the calculus with Vonley playing may just be them trying to kind of take advantage of the the spot that they're in, being in the eighth seed and it being a kind of race for mediocrity and and just trying to, to at least get him some minutes. Because right now, if you're saying, okay, both of these teams are trying to make the playoffs. Then I would say Ed Davis would be playing. But uh, 
Um, I think it does make more sense from a long-term perspective right now to give Vonley minutes. It, it, I know it's frustrating to watch at times because he's so young and still makes a lot of head-scratching mistakes and he doesn't finish all that hard around the rim. Uh, but I think it's important. It's Those are the type of things that you're going to need to do because this is just kind of the situation that they're in. And uh, they didn't get uh, a W last night and they're now a game and a half behind Denver Nuggets for the eighth seed. So they're still uh, in, in the mix, so to speak, for that for that spot. The Pelicans, who I think a lot of people pegged as the team that was going to pass everyone and, and, and maybe catch Denver for that eighth seed, the Pelicans have lost three games now in a row, and they are just – they're not looking – they have a lot of stuff to figure out and this is this is this type of the stuff that I was talking about a couple of days ago which is that yes they they may be shifting the paradigm by having two great big men who are super versatile can even run pick and roll with each other at times which I saw the other day in their game against the Mavericks which is fun and all that but their other wings, all the other guys, like I mean, they're starting Hollis Thompson. It's like Drew Holiday, and and the Sixers of the. It's like Drew Holiday and the Hinky Sixers plus Boogie and and Anthony Davis. I mean that that that's essentially what the Pelicans roster is. They just cut Omri Caspi the other day. Uh, I don't know what they're doing, and 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 they're. I don't think they may be able to actually figure out what they're doing until next season because this is a a, a really big move, and they didn't get a training camp, and they didn't get anything to really craft an identity around these two guys, and so they're kind of doing that on the fly. So they are really falling behind here in this eighth seed, which is making it even more possible that the Blazers could get there, despite the fact that they have been the way that they've been this season and and Denver uh is not is not impressing anybody except for Nikola Jokic and so they're, they're still right in this this whole situation for the eighth seed and uh I I, I really think it's it's, it's going to be interesting to see who starts to you know, whose roles evolve maybe a little bit more maybe a guy like Bo Harkless who had 18 points in the last game and only only three of them were three pointers I think he may be a guy that the Blazers start trying to open up his game a little bit more by giving him the ball more and 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 that's something that I I think for the rest of the season in terms of stories those are the things that you're going to want to be looking for because the eight seed race is going to be interesting and by interesting I mean close for the the duration of this regular season but the things that uh are going to be harder to see things that you should want to watch out for are you know how is how is Mo Harkless's game evolving is Noah Vonley maybe starting to get it a little bit more how does Yusuf Nurkic look in the role and and Nurkic was not as uh good in this game uh, as he was against the Magic, he had eight points and only four rebounds, two assists, 
and was three of nine from the field. So obviously not what you want, but he does have good footwork. He does have good skill. I think he is a very creative passer still. I think he, I think there's going to be a lot of interesting options and, and maybe it's part of the health uh, of Lillard that, that that's making it that's making him look a little bit more explosive and, and get to the basket a little bit more and kind of drive through lanes. It seems like, uh, in these last two games, he, he's just had, uh, there's a little bit, a little bit more wide openness, uh, in the lane for him to kind of slither through and get to the basket. I think the way that Portland's been playing with Nurkic and Harkless and, even Myers Leonard. I mean, every single guy that they played in the last game is capable of dribbling, uh, of shooting the ball, and and is kind of these new, newer age guys that all are just a little bit more versatile, or a little bit more used to the ball in their hands. And so, I'm curious to see how that evolves. If there's more driving lanes that continue to develop for Lillard, or, um. Or McCollum, really. So I, I'm really interested to see how these guys kind of uh, develop into that and develop that that spacing, that chemistry with each other. Because uh, I think seeing how these guys play together, how, how can it get better? Can it move forward? Those are other things that you're going to be looking for, not just individual performances. Like, is a guy doing? Is is a guy posting up more? Is he rolling? Is he running more pick and roll? Uh, you know, how are guys playing with each other? Those are other things that I think the front office and the coaching staff is going to look at to, to see, you know, which guys they want to keep together because ultimately you're looking at this summer as being one of they're going to have to make some moves and, and make some changes uh, in the future if they w- want to, to lower their payroll and just have a more manageable roster around whoever it is that they determined should be their core. So the Blazers lose their second game of the all-star break to the Toronto Raptors. The second, I think, you know, the second best team in the East or will be the second best team in the East. 112-106 in Toronto. The Blazers have Monday off and then they will be in Detroit or the Palace of Auburn Hills, wherever they play. <laughs> uh, to take on the Detroit Pistons, who beat them in January on a Catavius Caldwell Pope uh, game winner, so uh, maybe looking for a little redemption there. And apparently, uh, Portland was also interested in Andre Drummond over the trade deadline, so that'd be a fun, fun little note to remember as uh, Nurkic and and Drummond go up against each other. Uh, so, uh, yeah, until Tuesday. That's going to be it for me. Keep it locked on Blazers, and you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Audio Boom, TuneIn FM, Google Play, wherever you can get a podcast. Please leave us a five-star review. We'd really appreciate it, and we will be back with you on Tuesday when the Blazers play the Pistons.